This is Mark Jackson, Isaac on the Orville, and you're listening to the Planetary Union Network, the Orville Fan Podcast. This is Geek Punk. A Google Media Production. Hello and welcome to the Planetary Union Network, the Orville Fan Podcast. I'm Dan Taylor, and with me, as usual, are the co-host Joe Quickle and Michael May. How are you, gentlemen? Hey, hey, how's it going? I can barely keep my shit together right now. <laughs> <laughs> me too, man. But awesome. And uh, we've got a special guest. We've got our old friend of the show, Patrick Cox. How are you? Good. Super. I'm awesome. I think it's All hilarious right. that you guys brought me back. I've literally <laughs> I think I, I think I maybe have sixty two seconds of screen time on the Orville. But it's nice that it was memorable enough that you guys keep bringing me back. Uh, hey, you are you are our, our first guest, so you will always be special in our hearts. And I promise when I become the super limited edition, hard to get Justin the Ogre action figure. I will only autograph them for you. That that works. You, you, you can eBay the hell out of them. <laughs> Good. Uh, my kid through college. Um. So we had we did have another uh, guest lined up. We had uh, Joseph A. Poro, who was supposed to join us th- this evening for this episode, but due to scheduling conflicts, we're going to save him for another time later down the road, and we'll get all your cosplay questions answered then. Unless Patrick, you happen to know. Why in the hell um, you put a redhead like Scott Grimes in an orange uniform? Well, just, I mean, knowing death, I would assume because it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good answer. That is a good answer. Why else? I'm surprised it wasn't brighter orange. (laughs) Maybe paint on some freckles or something, like make it worse. But man, no, you guys really, I really hope you get to talk to him because he is, he's unbelievable, man. He's such an interesting dude and really, really accomplished. I mean, if you want to look up his IMDb credits, he's, uh, he's costumed some of the best. Oh, I was, ex- I was think I was going to spend the whole time talking to him about the, when he did costumes for uh, near dark, that movie, that's what, 30 years ago, oh 30 God. years old. The, one of the best one vampire of, movies ever it. made. Yeah, and no one saw it because it came out at the same time as The Lost Boys. Yeah, and it was directed by some unknown director named Catherine Bigelow back then. Yeah, yeah. Who w- went mean, on to win, first woman to win an Academy Award for Best Director. I'm trying to think. It might be my favorite vampire movie. I'm trying to I, think if there's anything that comes close to it. I'm, I'm not... There might be some old one, that I'm some old Hammer movie or something that I'm missing, but... I'm willing to say it's definitely on my Mount Rushmore. So, if any of you Orville fans can take anything away from this episode of Planetary Union Network, seek out the movie Near Dark, 1987, starred Lance Henriksen and the late uh, Bill Paxton, both from Aliens, and uh, one of the most underrated character actors ever, Tim Thomerson. Michael, you got to know him, right? Um, yeah, sure. And Lance Henriksen. And Lance Henderson, too, man. I would put him in every movie. Like, he's the only reason to watch Pumpkinhead. Like, just Lance Henderson all day long. I that guy. I don't know if he's the only reason, but he's a really good reason. Yeah, <laughs> I love that movie. I don't know. It's no Rawhead Rex. But it's okay. <laughs> no, you know what I was just watching? Because, I mean, hey, we're, we're sci-fi-ish and stuff. The Powers of Matthew Starr. Do you remember that show? Wow. Yeah. You've gone way back. I want to reboot that and bring Lewis Gossett Jr. back to reprise his role because he can still do it. I, I have long said and there's not a single movie that you could name that would not be better if it had Lewis Gossett Jr. in it. Not one. I'll buy that. Yeah. 
Okay, you also shouldn't. You shouldn't drink. You shouldn't. You shouldn't drink and do interviews. For people that are listening, they call. They call me <laughs> like the last second, and I am. I am about three rum and cokes into my Celtics game. So please, if I say stupid things or sound like the end of the last Trump speech, it's the alcohol. Uh, we'll God cut you off before you get into Trump territory. There's no politics in space. Um. <laughs> Let's talk, uh, we're going to do some, warn you, uh, Patrick, to do some spoilers. We're going to talk about the last episode that we just saw. Um, what was the official title? Did they switch it over? Was it Bad Idol Terry? Or was it Identity? <laughs> I, you know, I know the uh, uh, Fox, at least on the site, was calling it Identity, but everywhere else uh, still had mad idolatry. So what did you guys think of it? Um... I have mixed feelings. Sound good. Okay. Uh, share your mixed feelings, Michael. So, um, I, all right, I, I'll, I'll start with the negative, um, cause I'll finish positive, but I, I, I thought that Kelly in particular was, was kind of dumb in this episode. Um, it, about a couple of different things. So the whole, her whole learning journey about, going uh, uh having these people worship her um and like and I, I you guys argue with me if you want to cuz i'm i'm willing to be to talk about it but it, it, I'll it felt okay. i do actually <laughs> um yeah so she you know she's she's got all this guilt because she did this kind of stupid thing um stupid but understandable and good and and good intentioned good hearted thing um and then by the end of the episode, um, you know, the, the planet, the people from the planet tell her, they kind of put her at ease by, by letting her know, um, you know, that this would have happened anyway with or without her. And that's kind of what I was screaming at the screen, like the whole time this episode was going on is like, Kelly, it's, it's not your fault. It's like these people, you know, if, if they're following, you know, kind of the same trajectory as, as humans on earth have, it's going to be something and whether they use her or not, like it's not, I don't know. She just took way too much weight under herself about that whole thing. Uh, and she did the same thing with her relationship with, um, uh, gee, why am I blanking on names? Um, Ed, where she's like, you know, because of our relationship, you, um, you know, you put yourself at risk and, um, and all these other things, and, and th that's not good. We can't do that anymore. Uh, but how many episodes have we seen of, of, of Star Trek or any other kind of show where a captain kind of bends the rules for a crew member, whether you know, regardless of whether he's dating the person or not? Um, so I don't know. It just seemed like some of the stuff was kind of overblown, um, and uh, and I didn't really feel it the the, the way that I thought I was supposed to. Does that make sense? Yeah, I see both your points. I I really dug the episode, and I could, I think, we, and I agree with you. We all we all knew in a society they're going to pull that sort of you know theological rule or whatever. And it's, I mean, I'm not a religious person, and I think it in most cases, I mean, it's good for religion's good for people without getting too you know heavy on the subject. Religion is good for people who a want it and b need it that is fine and it's you know freedom and everybody dig your own thing i'm not a religious person i consider myself a spiritual person maybe but not religious now obviously this religion in that was developed uh, around kelly because she interfered um she broke you know this the prime directive let's just say they called it the union policy yeah um now, I thought it was kind of sloppy for her to get to do that. I mean, she was the same first officer that made a stink about Lamar dry humping a statue. <laughs> right. And she had just gotten kind of warned about it, too, and, and got kind of huffy about, oh, of course, I know what to do. And... And then again, you know, she did interfere and the little girl hurt herself and had that, you know, wound and she repaired the wound and that's where the religion based on her started. Now, of course, if she had let the the girl door 
go, the girl may have died of infection and she could have been the one who, you know, cured cancer on that planet or, you know, was someone super special. And so she interfered. She, she stepped on the butterfly, so to speak. And there, at that point, there was no way to correct it, right way to correct it. So, you know, it messed things up and that whole society got that, you know, fucked up religion based on her. Now, I think that was all just played or was the tool or the um, story point just to solve the will they or won't they at least for another season or so between Ed and Kelly. There just had to be Which some I sort. Think, I don't think they ever should. They should never. I don't. Yeah. We've, you know, I, I don't mind if they, if they, if we keep questioning will they or won't they, that's fine. But I mean, it took Ross and Rachel seven or 10 episodes, 10 seasons to get through. Now, if you Orville makes it 10 seasons, you know, I give them my blessing. They should, you know, grow old and retire together. They can get married in the movie. I there you think go. That's trite, and I think this. I think this show is trying to be more than that. Right. Agreed. I, you know, the, the tension between them is cool, and even if the tension kind of fades as seasons go on or whatever, but I don't think there needs. They don't need to go all Sam and Diane on it. You know. No, I mean, and that, I think that's one thing I like about the show is it seems to it seems to evolve as the season. Like the the pilot was pretty funny. And it was like they were trying to, you know, set the tone that this is going to be a, this kind of, there's going to be some funny in this show, but it's it's evolved into so much more than that, you know. Like I think that's what everyone thought initially was, oh great, this is going to be a stupid spoof of a sci-fi show, and it's become a really intelligent, well thought out science fiction show. Um, and sorry, I know I, I probably just took that in a direction that wasn't intended to go, but that, that's no, that's I, fine. I've heard other people talk about how they want them to get together, and I think that would do the the the, the story a disservice, honestly. Unless it just okay. naturally, organically evolved there somehow, but forcing yeah. it, I think, is a terrible idea. And yeah, I, think I totally the, agree. And I Sorry, think the Dan. plot point that they used in this to rule that out, at least in the foreseeable future, now, and you'll you'll see it, you'll understand when you see the episode, Patrick, is a good thing. And now, and and you mentioned, you know, how it's, it, you know, people thought it might just be comedy, and it's really come into its own as a science fiction show. And that's one of the points I wanted to make tonight was after the first season. Now, um, the twelve episodes we've seen, I think it's my belief that the Orville has, you know, placed itself well, and you know, quality science fiction television. Now, I, this episode, last episode. Reminded me a lot of, you know, the science fiction Twilight Zone type aspect that the second episode had, um, co- command performance with the zoo. Now, Michael, you yeah. said you you kind of had a problem with the whole religion and everything growing it growing out of that one interaction, and you were yelling at your TV screen about it. What if that aspect of the story was a half hour Twilight Zone episode? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think, it, you know, this is getting back to the, like, something I really like about it, the episode. Like, I, I think it's it's a really cool, fascinating idea to have this planet that phases into our universe, um, you know, every, whatever it was, 700 years of their time. And, uh, and you know, you can see the progression um, in a really cool way. Um, I, I thought that was all awesome. It was just, it was really like Kelly's reaction to it specifically that I had an issue with. Um, so uh, maybe I'm not understanding your question exactly right, but like if that was just like a half hour Twilight Zone episode and it was just kind of about this this kind of cool weird idea, I would I would have totally loved it, and I would have loved this episode more um, if it was just more about that um, and and Kelly didn't kind of freak out so much about it. Well, what? Yeah, I think what I was getting at was you know what if it was an episode like let's say i'm just using twilight zone episode because seth has you know said he's got he's been inspired by the show and i i find a lot of you know similarities and uh homages and whatever inspiration from twilight zone i can see it in the orville 
And if there was an episode of somebody coming to grips of how their one interaction, I mean, caused this sort of effect to happen. I mean, especially when you see these wars and these, you know, evangelists or whatever using you. I mean, it, yeah, it, it was ba- it's probably bound to happen, but it would it would probably, you know, fuck you up, Michael, and piss you off as well. <laughs> no, I, you're absolutely right. <laughs> um, Did you, was your problem with it? Did you think that it was a, it, it was out of character for her? I don't think so, because um, she feels things pretty deeply. Um, it just, I, I guess, what it was like, because at the end of the episode, some of the characters from the planet basically absolve her of, of her responsibility. Um, and, and I would have liked to have seen that kind of thought about earlier in the episode and not just kind of handed to her on a silver platter, um, you know, by these outside characters. But, you know, if there was some kind of dialogue between, you know, her and Ed, um, about it, you know, maybe I, but there I don't was. Know. Ed, Ed kept saying, you know, you can't blame yourself for this. And yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. you should go over to Patrick's and watch it with him. <laughs> I'll yeah, be there. Come on over. Right. <laughs> you talk about it, it kind of reminds me of that episode of Firefly where they go to that planet and there's the statue of Jane. Oh, my favorite episode of Firefly. Yeah. 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 I was going I was actually going to say that uh, you know, earlier that Orville has already become my third favorite Star Trek series and <laughs> my fourth <laughs> favorite science fiction series of all time. Number 1 is Firefly. Hands down, but uh, after just 12 episodes that's pretty high praise. I I yeah. take my sci-fi pretty seriously, so I'm really really stoked to see what they have uh, in store for season two. It better be more Justin the Ogre. All right, man. <laughs> that's what's funny. Like when we were on set, everyone was like, "Oh man, I can think of like Seth's like like, like, la- like everything I say, he thinks is funny just because it's coming because I had this nice voice and it's coming out of this big." scary ogre so he's always laughing like i'm like excuse me ma'am um can i take an aspirin if you have a second and that thinks that's hilarious he's like man i can see you like doing all these things on the ship man this is gonna be great and <laughs> it's like yeah they just wrapped uh the 13th episode <laughs> so i'm hoping they remember me next year <laughs> uh, they they remember you they've been talking about you on this show yeah uh, I, I i i just love the show i mean it's like Sure, I can I can be on any TV show you want me to be on, but like if I if uh, if you did believe in religion, then you, then and then I would be praying for uh, for it to be adorable. I, I it's just it's such a fun show. I was trying to keep up with the conversation, so I looked up the Wikipedia to see if I could read about the last episode a little bit. And guess who is not listed on the Wikipedia as a guest star on the Orville? <laughs> oh, well, we got to change. We'll get that, that yeah, fixed. Yeah, Tambor's on there. <laughs> not, not me. Not, not good old Justin the Ogre. Eh, just saying. That, need, that needs to change. Um, on Wikipedia. Back to the last episode. That the cold opening, where Ed is trying to find something to do, somebody to hang out with. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have used Justin the Ogre there. He could have popped into the you know simulator and hung out with Justin, but nope. He actually asked me um, like what I thought, and I was like, you know, I, I actually like because I was when I found out I was doing the part, I fantasized about how I could come back, and I was like, I want to be like Guinan. I want to be like Guinan on Next Generation. I want to be like the bartender, or you know, the janitor, or just like somebody that you go to and you're not expecting it, but he says he says something that's really poignant at the right point in the show. You know, like that's what I want to be. I want to be that like unexpected Yoda character on on the orville that would be awesome you guys had all these questions ready for joseph and now it's just like yeah we got i know so patrick tell, tell us about the inspiration you had for the krill uniforms and battle gear well um i went to uh, i don't even i don't even know what to say i don't even have anything funny ready for that um i don't even know all I do know when I walked in the room, like, I thought, oh, I'm going to be an ogre. They're going to throw a bunch of rags on me and shit. Like, when I walked in and saw the, the sketches all over the, 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 
the costume trailer of all the, the krill uniforms and the and the makeup and the weapons and everything, I was like, wow, this is this is for real. <laughs> like they're really they're really serious about this. Michael, where were you going? Oh, I was just gonna circle back to your question about like maybe I need to go and watch the episode again with uh, with Patrick, and I probably do need to see it again because I think some of my reaction was just, um, I mean, this is a, this is some stuff that I've thought about before, right? Like you know how people have abused uh, religion and used it, uh, you know, to accumulate and hold on to power just throughout our history. Um, and you it, know what's sad about that is no, yeah. it's not religion's fault. It's no, no, religion's uh-uh. fault if people are dicks. No, uh, yeah. I mean, because if it's not that, it's something else. Yeah, I mean, we've had tons of atheist regimes as well that you know have done the exact same thing, and sure. you know, uh, so yeah, it's just something that I've given you know some thought to, and, and so I was just a little disappointed. I think that that there wasn't more thought given to that in the episode, like earlier in the episode. I think by the end of it, they they nailed it, but. Uh, I just spent a lot of time kind of frustrated throughout the episode. And then I just, again, I thought, because I was also thinking through the episode about this idea of, of captains kind of bending the rules for their crew members and for her to kind of use that as a reason. And, and I'm totally with you, Patrick. Like, I don't really want them to get back together as a couple right now. I just, I like them as friends and I think they're really cool together. Um, they're, they make a great team. Um, but for her to use that as the reason I thought was a little weak. I mean, it's it's it seems a little convenient. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. when you consider that she was the reason he's there in the first place, she she shouldn't be the reason for to endanger it. Yep. 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 So I could I mean, see I her point. Uh, yeah. You know, um, I could see why that that aspect of their relationship interfering with their job playing more of a weight than, than I, I yeah, that you, that you're giving it credit for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if I rewatch it a couple of times, I'll probably, you know, come down off the ledge. <laughs> it's just, uh, I think that was my initial reaction to it. So let's talk about the Latchcomb game. I yeah. want one. Yeah, play play Mocklin games, win stabby prizes. Um, that is probably out of all twelve episodes, the most I laughed out loud. <laughs> Describe it for Patrick, man. Um, yeah, I, I I got a good description for it. It's hot potato with knives. Yes. Yeah. Hot oh, potato nice. where with knives. Like- Springs out of the potato. Yeah, with surprise it. knives. <laughs> That's great. Imagine playing hot potato with the silver ball from Phantasm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, I mean, when that happened, it caught me by surprise, and I laughed out loud, and I thought it was, and I loved the way um, that Bordis and they cheered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently if you're the one that gets the knife to the hand, you're the winner. You win. <laughs> oh, that's so weird. <laughs> yeah. But, you got to, would you not just like kill to spend a day in Seth's head? Right. Shit that he must think about. Yeah. Cause, um, what we've done 12 or so of these episodes of this podcast and every guest that we've had that have come on have proclaimed pretty much the same thing that, you know, there's just the stuff that Seth has thought up of and what his mind must be thinking to come up with this stuff. And it's the praise and the accolades that every, all of our guests from actors to producers, to writers, to um, science consultants, to composers, have just said this almost the same exact thing. When you want to spend some time in Seth's brain, and you know, hopefully we will someday, you know, have you know, get a chance to talk to him about it and just pick his brain about how he's come up with everything. Because apparently, everything about the Orville 
is Seth. Oh, every yeah. Time oh, totally. every, every time we've mentioned one of our guests, I mean, almost like you, Patrick, we say, you know, we love the way, you know, your ogre character swung that battle axe. I would not be surprised if you said, well, that was all Seth telling me I should swing it this way because of this and this and that. No. No, he was like, he was very cool on set. Like, like, you know, we were very free to, you know, ad lib and he would just change things. Like, like I may have said this on the original show, but like, like the ladybug thing wasn't originally, oh, neat. It was like, Mm -hmm. it was, it was originally something like there was something on my shirt. I'm like, oh, I had Chinese for lunch or something. And then then like Seth, I guess from like hearing, hearing the, the Justin voice was just like, you know what? Like. It should be something like sweet, like a ladybug. Like you shouldn't just say, "Huh?" You sh-, like you should say, "Like, like, ah, oh, neat." Like you should just be like really stoked that there's a ladybug on you. <laughs> and it totally, it it, was, it it worked so well. But it was just spur of the moment, just popped into his head, you know. And this thing, he's not just funny; he's really, he's a really intelligent guy. Like he's really smart. It's not yeah. just toilet. Or in, in pop culture references, the guy is really smart. No, I, I agree. That's why I believe that this, you know, the Orville has become and solidified itself as a bona fide, you know, science fiction show with the emphasis on the speculative fiction, the science, you know, on science and, I mean, and, and the elements that shows such as the original uh, Star Trek's and Next Generation and Twilight Zone. And that those shows had to make us to not only entertain, but to make us think, uh, you know, especially that episode with the two dimensions the other week was awesome as well. Um, I honestly think people went into it. There were two, there were two camps. There were either people that were really excited. There was going to be a new science fiction show, but were scared that Seth MacFarlane was going to ruin it. And then there were science fiction fans that were, so hard, they're so hardcore Star Trek that you know they were afraid that they they, they were automatically were going to hate it because it's just a rip off of Star Trek and whatever. And I think what's happened is slowly but surely people are realizing that you know it takes a little bit from here and a little bit from there, but it's its own thing. And everyone is starting, I think, to realize. Like critics at first, critics wanted to hate the show. You could tell from the reviews they want they went into it wanting to not like it. And it's like, it's kind of like me at a party. It's like people see me at a party, like I'm standing off in the corner drinking a beer and I don't look happy. I just don't have that natural dumb smile on my face that most people do. And they think I'm an asshole. And, you know, but then I, you know, we start talking a little bit and they crack a few jokes and they warm up to me and they're like, you know what? Begrudgingly, I'm going to have to admit this guy's all right. <laughs> I think that's what's happening with, I think that's what's happening with the Orville. I think, I think people are getting won over. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That's my story. Like, I, I kind of fell into that first camp where, uh, you know, everything about the show from the the previews and and just even the Seth's name being attached to it, I thought it was just going to be a big dumb parody. It was going to be like Galaxy oh, dude, Quest. I'm, I might get in trouble for this, and I hope it doesn't cost me a job. But when I first saw the trailer, I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I saw it. And I was like, it just looks like a it looks like a dumb spoof of Star Trek. Yeah. But it just you so know? was and not. You, you're and it absolutely is not that. And I, I think it's the, like, it, it's more, like I've said this before, I, I, in a, I think it was in a newspaper interview or something where I said, it is, it is more Star Trek than Discovery. Mm-hmm. Like, it's more true to the heart and soul of the original concept of Star Trek than Star Trek Discovery is. And I like Star Trek Discovery, don't get me wrong. But it, it, it's, it's, you know, it doesn't have that, I don't know. It's, it's doing that thing everyone does where they want to be a little dark. Yeah. A little, yeah. A little, a little darker than I would like, you know, and the Orville is, is very, you know, that's, like I said, it's my third favorite Star Trek series. Yeah. Totally agree. What are your favorite two? Uh, Next Generation and Voyager. Huh. Okay. I need to rewatch Voyager. A lot of people don't like, a lot of people don't like Voyager. I, I, I think it was because I was working a security job by myself at night and Voyager came on every, every night at 3 a.m. for the two years that I was working that job and I watched Voyager every night and it was the only entertaining thing on television. So, so I think I just sort of kind of became married to it. 
Yeah. Right. I'm sure everything you were watching was well secured. It was pretty much that, Becker, and what was the other show that came on? It was a long time ago. But there was a show, I think maybe Seth Green was the voice of a rabbit. Am I, am I, was I high and made up a show? I think you're right. Uh, I, 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 it was like Lisa Cox, there was a rabbit, and I think Seth was the, Seth Green was the rabbit. And that, anyway, that shit was on. So I, I don't know. I'm on one of my tangents. I apologize. I'll shut up for a minute. <laughs> oh, I'm going to find it because I, I totally remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Sorry, you guys stopped me at the wrong time, man. You got to get me sober. If you, you want me to like really like partake of the conversation in an intelligent manner? No, well, we blame like, Joe. Like, it was his, his idea. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like an Alzheimer's patient. Like, I'm going to have my moment of clarity. Where I'm gonna like string together three or four sentences that are gonna be really cool and like you'd be like, Yeah, right. And then I'm gonna start talking about the talking rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> so random question, how's Breakerati going? Uh as far as I know, it's almost done. They've uh they've been they've been, you know, in the, the post process, they've been doing all the editing and stuff, and I talked to David Harris at Gunpowder and Sky. Uh, and he was telling me that he's, you know, excited for me to, to finally see, you know, an edited episode. Um, so they're, they're apparently pretty happy about it. Um, I'm hoping that it, uh, that it does well, you know, I'd love to, to do, do another season of it. It's funny though, cause I got a bunch of meetings after that, you know, and I was like, cool, I'm going to get to pitch some of, you know, my other ideas, you know, I'm like my sci-fi and my horror and, you know, some of these other uh, ideas I have, and almost everyone was just like, well, without even ever knowing, they haven't seen it. They just know I sold it. But they're like, what, what else do you have, like, Breakerati? So, like, we were just like, alright, we're gonna have to come up with more, like, goofy, you know, like, it, or, or, like I don't know, like, karate music hybrid TV shows, I guess, if we want to make money. <laughs> we start, we start <laughs> spitting new ideas, and everyone's like, yeah, that's really cool. It's really interesting. I'd love to see a one sheet on that. That's super. What else do you have? Like break a body? <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. You want, you want like surfarati? What? What do you want? <laughs> you tell me. I, I'm just a, I'm just a monkey with a typewriter. You tell me. And you sign the check. I'll write whatever you want. <laughs> but yeah, Greg the Bunny was that show. The the, the 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 dancing and stuff. The, the the martial arts mixed with the break dancing and uh, the, the the moves the stuff that I saw was man unbelievable that they were actually able to physically do this stuff like without wires. Sweet. <clears throat> so Michael, you got a uh, you got yeah Greg the, Greg the bunny Greg the bu- Greg the bunny was that show. Greg the bunny, that's it. Yeah, Greg the Bunny came on. And there was another great Lisa Cox show where she was married to a guy that was a professional wrestler. So look that one up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I may have had a crush on her back in the day. I don't know. Yeah. Before I found Adrian on uh, Friday Night Lights, I may have I may have had a crush on someone else. So back to the last episode. Uh Isaac ended up playing a pretty big part in this. Oh man! So yeah, that really reminded me. I was I, I was genuinely worried about his character after we had our uh, interview with Mark, and he was a little dancing around the question of "Will you be back for season two? And I just kept playing in my head the same thing with Larry Joe Campbell, like, yeah. "Oh man, <laughs> he's gone. He's gonna be gone." <laughs> Yeah, because the, the the leading up to the episode, a lot of the a lot of the press and a lot of the previews and trailers and such made it sound like somebody was going to make a great sacrifice, you know, giving up their lives or whatever. And yeah, um, you know, Isaac gave up seven hundred years, but that was only eleven days to us and seven hundred seconds to him. I think is what he said. So uh, it wasn't much of a you know, uh, the sacrifice on his part. And hopefully he learned, I guess, uh, more about life forms during his exper- experience there. 
Yeah, you know, that, that last phase in of the planet, did anyone else kind of expect it to, uh, them to be more like Isaac assimilated them? That would have been interesting rather than when they showed up and they looked like they were from the movie Xanadu. <laughs> <laughs> Got up. <laughs> See, that's one I wanted to ask Poro about the Xanadu costumes. Um, I, I actually started talking. I was doing, there's a show called uh, Those Who Can't on True TV, and I did a few episodes of that, and uh, Bobcat Goldthwait was directing. And uh, he was just like, just keep talking, just start talking. And I was playing a prisoner, and I just start talking to my cellmate about Xanadu. And he just stops, <laughs> and he's like, holy shit, I forgot that movie existed. How do you know about Xanadu? <laughs> day camp, man. We watched that shit day at day camp. We watched two <laughs> movies at day camp, Xanadu and Grease. That's a it. big Olivia Newton-John fans in day camp. Apparently, Dr. Shrigley ran the, ran the day camp I went to and every almost every damn day. I think they threw in an Oh God and a Herbie the Love Bug on occasion. <laughs> but you could always could always count on Xanadu to pop up. I'm sorry, I just I just I just throw everybody's concentration off. I should just be quiet. I'm gonna go on I'm gonna go on a speak a speak when spoken to. <laughs> thing right Not a problem. We're just uh, I think you know we're just uh, what else I'm we got, looking, guys? I'm still looking for Lisa Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Is that her name? Was it Lisa? I don't know. What did, I, I thought that's what you said. She married Jay Moore. Celtics just lost, by the way, and I blame you guys. I wasn't able to concentrate them to a victory. Oh. Let's see. Um, shit. Um, I got my mugs on the way. My Orville mugs. I'm very oh, excited you, about the merchandise got, starting to come out. I got my t-shirt. That's something we need to talk about. Your official Orville merchandise is now available. Um, I think we Starting broke this on... Yeah, I think we broke this news on our Twitter feed before uh, Fox let the information out. So kudos to us on that one. Yeah, um, I, I just, but yeah, I expect that 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 was just you sitting there refreshing the uh, Fox store page until you until something finally popped up. I need some. I need a twenty-five dollar Orville T-shirt, which I did order my Orville T-shirt. I just I feel. I mean, there's. Put, go ahead. There's plenty of people out there making their own Orville stuff, and that's all great and fan stuff. But I just feel better with an official. 20th century Fox copy. Yeah, not circus-y. like that knockoff Justin Yoder shirt crap. <laughs> I know. The way they sell that stuff in parking lots after Clippers games. <laughs> it's funny. Some of the some of the people that like that like message me like on Facebook and, and stuff like that. It's funny. Like the the kind of stuff that they hope. Like it always starts off with that the action figure. I hope there's gonna be an action figure. Yeah, me too. And socks. <laughs> you know randomly they'll be like here's some idea like they, i think they think that i have some sort of pull like i can just pick up the phone and go hey fox i need to dress me over toothbrushes lunch sales uh what else you got you got air fresheners we'll need we'll need some of those but i don't think i would I want a just in the yogurt air freshener in my car I no idea how good i smelled <laughs> like, something like leather and good times, my friend. <laughs> I just think it's funny, like, like you know, obviously I'm not like blowing up Twitter or anything like that. Like, I'm not. I haven't exactly become a you know a star, but it is it is really amazing to me how much attention I've gotten from I don't even know like 45 seconds on television. Like, <laughs> and nobody and nobody knows what I look like. <laughs> they, they know the boys and they know that I am officially on Twitter and I'm on Facebook, but like, it's, it's funny. Like they, they really loved the show and like, they get excited when like, Oh my God, Justin, the over just retweeted me. Yeah. So what, man? <laughs> I'm not, you know, if I signed a dollar bill, you could sell it on eBay for like 75 cents. Like that's, that's how much that matter. But Orville fans are making me feel like I matter, so I appreciate that quite a bit. Well, you matter to Orville fans, and you matter to us. That's why we had you on again. And that's that's why... I'm I'm a drunken idiot just rambling on. 
I'm probably going to listen to this thing. Tomorrow. I probably shouldn't listen to this because I'm going to be because I know I just said some dumb backassy stuff tonight. Joe, Joe will fix you up. He'll make you, he'll make you sound nice. Yep. and smart. I'll listen. It's going to be like, hi, this is Justin, and then that's <laughs> everything else is just you guys talking about the last episode. Like right now, like someone is sitting there going. <laughs> like right now, I'm going to talk about how my house smells like sugar cookies, and it's awesome because I found sugar cookie candles, and I found if you burn like five of them at the same time, every room of your house smells like sugar cookies, and that's awesome. Nice. Zero carbs. <laughs> <laughs> I got candy cane ones going right now, so we could uh, we could get together and have a really good smelling house. Man, I don't know. It might might be too much. It might be too much Christmas joy. <laughs> Nikki Cox. Nikki, Nikki Cox. Cox. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Nikki and Cox. so she had her own show called Nikki. I think that's the one you were thinking of with the Nikki, like, yeah. It like was with her husband. Like a, they lived in Vegas and he was a I know all like I'm in, I'm a limitless treasure trove of like useless <laughs> shit shows that no one's ever heard of before in their life. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring up those and people are like that was not a show and it won't have a wikipedia <laughs> and some far-flung corner of the dark web i'll find you know a trailer for the pilot there <laughs> it is mr smith the show about the talking orangutan that was on five episodes i remember I that <laughs> nobody else does congratulations yeah man <laughs> michael has a podcast about it <laughs> Patrick, yeah, for, I was it, start a I was actually thinking like I really want to do like a podcast just about really terrible shit, <laughs> like like that you appreciate though, like really awful television shows and really awful movies that that are actually great in weird ways, like the stuff. The stuff is one of my favorite movies, and and Garrett Morris looked at me like I was an alien. When I when I asked him to sign my DVD, he was he was actually like embarrassed that he was in there. I'm like, dude, you're chocolate chip Charlie. Don't you ever, don't you ever be embarrassed of that? Great achievement. Like, sometimes things are so bad they're amazing, and I want to yeah. do a podcast about that. You guys hook me up with a co-star. I promise I won't drink anything, and we'll talk about like, I don't know. Like that Wizards and Warriors TV show from yeah. the early '80s that lasted half a season. Of we course, might and, we might have to talk. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> the, Mike, Michael will be your co-host, and it'll be on Joe's new network. Awesome. The only thing is, though, you have to talk. If you have to actually watch this awful stuff. Oh, I'm happy to watch awful stuff. Totally. Like, I'm like, have you seen Wolf Guy? <laughs> no. Like I, I'm a huge Sonny Chiba mark. Like I love like everything he did. Like Immortal Combat with Roddy Piper is like top five Desert Island movies for me. But Wolf Guy is just a Japanese karate movie about a guy who's the last descendant of a tribe of feudal werewolves, and it's completely he's a cop and it's completely stupid, but it's amazing. <sighs> I'm adding it to my list right now. Yeah, I think I got to get out yeah. on this one myself. <laughs> yeah. And I'm adding this, like this I, stuff as well. Yeah, oh, you haven't seen this stuff? I, I don't think I've seen this stuff. God, I remember so the stuff. It's time, too, because it's about like the, 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 the living cultures and yogurt. It's so, it was so ahead of its time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's so dumb. But like, it, like, it's one of those ones that like someone was like, yeah, you should. Like, I've always talked about how I want to remake Over the Top and take out all the stupid shit like his kid and like just <laughs> make over the top awesome, which it could be. And you could make the stuff again and make it amazingly like really good and like poignant and, 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 and you know, well acted and written and directed and, you know, all, it could be great, but that would ruin it. Yeah. The maturity of its, of its, of its awfulness is what's so great about it. As you can tell by how excited and worked up I am right now thinking about this movie that I'm about to go put in my DVD player because I'm, I'm that excited. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you for this, for this gift. 
I think I worked in a video store when that movie came out on video, and I remember the promo stuff for it. It was pink, right? No, it was white. White? Did it come in pink packaging? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. All right. Maybe I'm thinking about another pink stuff or something. But that's a, you would turn into like you would turn into like a like a like a zombie kind of alien pod person and then you would just start melting and the goo, the stuff would just come out of you. <laughs> you know, it was, it was fantastic. All and right. Chocolate chip Charlie. Yeah. Any is, movie with a guy named chocolate chip Charlie. The stuff I've said tonight has nothing to do with the Orville. So I apologize, but I hope everyone was entertained by my, my idiocy. Not a problem. Um, what else we got, Joe? Uh, well, we do know that, and I think we brought it up briefly, maybe it was when we were talking before, but, um, for the, for the cast and crew who are already signed on for season two, we found out that they'll be back on set beginning in February. And don't tell Patrick that. Good to know that I was not signed up for season two. Thanks thanks for breaking (laughs) to me before Christmas, guys. (laughs) I appreciate that. They have the cast and crew set. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Pat. You'll still be jobless come February. I think that might just be for episode you are, one. You guys, are, you guys are breaking all the news. <laughs> well, I well, Patrick. Say, I will we... say this, though. I will say this, though, before I go cry and vomit. Um, <laughs> one thing that uh, your wife, I think, said on Twitter about how, like, it's so cool that like everyone that's been on the show and everyone that you guys have talked to from the show have been so nice. It is truly a rare thing. Almost every set movie or television, there's at least that one asshole that you don't want to see that you like dread going to the set. Cause you know, you're going to run into that one asshole and that asshole does not exist anywhere near the set of the Orwell. And you know, that, that will, that will be my, semi-sobering up final statement, <laughs> unless you have <laughs> any more questions for me, is there is, whether I whether I ever am back on the show or not, everyone on that show is so cool and so nice and, and you just, you could not ask for a, a better cast and crew to be around. So I hope you get to experience many more of them, including Seth, who hopefully uh, Oracle fans will start pestering on Twitter to uh, make an appearance on your podcast. Well, since you're on tonight's episode of Planetary Union Network, we have talked to you about this on the sidelines, and we are having you come on our little um, fan-produced Orville production called Ensign Henson. Yes. So you have that. Uh, you you will be appearing in the second episode, and um, we've got the first episodes in the can, and that will be uh, we'll be showing that or putting that out next Thursday. So for all of you Orville fans who are heartbroken because there's no new Orville on television, we will have our audio production Ensign Henson available um, next Thursday to sort of ease the pain. And you just heard that we will have a Patrick. Cox being on our production, starting with episode two. I'm writing some very, very funny stuff for you. And the best part about it is, um, you know, in comparison to actually being on the Orville is on your podcast and your 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 radio play. Is that what we're going to, I don't even know what we call it. I'm old. We're calling it an call audio it production. An audio production is on your audio production. I get paid in thanks and uh and uh, and hugs, and t-shirts, and t-shirts. I get a t-shirt. My dad there actually bought one of those. <laughs> so that three dollars you made off of it, you know, that's my dad. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. Um, so there you go. So there we will go. have uh, Ensign Hansen, uh fresh episode one. If you haven't heard Ensign Hansen yet, we did have a little teaser episode that's available on the Union Network feed. And uh, we'll put it up on our Twitter again and Facebook as well. Oh, I didn't what know you else? Guys really I will listen to that tonight. I'm stoked. Yeah, uh, it's we got a guy uh, named Brandon Carr playing the role of Ensign Hansen, and he his he is fucking hilarious. Just his tone, his timing. Um, do check it out. 
And then we got I some. Yeah, we got some Yahoo playing uh, Lieutenant Pardo. This Yahoo. <laughs> You're a star. You're yeah. a star now, sir. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate appreciate you coming on and joining us and uh, having some uh, chuckles with us uh, at the last minute there. All right, man. Well, next time, if you want me back on, just let me know ahead of time next time so I can actually uh, know what you guys are talking about and, and prepare something. No problem. Like I actually, actually watch the episode. <laughs> and we'll be uh, getting right. you that Ensign Hansen script in the next couple of weeks, probably before yeah. the end of the year. Sounds great. I'll see you on Twitter. All right. See you. Thank you very Later. much, Patrick. Bye, Patrick. Later, guys. All right. So uh, wrapping up, we are scheduling some guests uh, for the show during the off season. Might have a few celebrity fans that aren't in the cast and crew to talk about the Orville keep everyone sated until a new episode of the show returns. Uh, one of which we're doing with the, uh, I, I don't know if it's confirmed yet or not, but uh, I'm trying to get the author for the World of the Orville book on. Cool. Yeah, with the World of Orville, uh, we're looking to get the author on. Um, we're talking. People, people's people are talking to other people's people, so we're working on that. And again, we mentioned last episode that we will be talking about that book when it comes out, and we will have some sort of giveaway where we will be giving away copies of the book. Um, and again, we want to assure you that the Planetary Union Network podcast will continue uh, through the off season, through the show's hiatus, even though there aren't new episodes on television. We may not be weekly, um, but in addition to the Ensign Henson audio production episodes that we will be having, we will be having our regular um, Planetary Union Network Orville Fan Podcast where we will have more guests. Hopefully, we're still trying to get various guests from the show, so who knows who will show up in the coming months before Season 2 hits the air. Yeah. All right, so uh, Twitter and Facebook. Uh, give uh, a little bump to Patrick. Follow him at Mr. Patrick Cox. And you can follow us at Planetary underscore Union, at Orville Observer, and at Ensign M. Henson. And on Facebook, Planetary Union Network. So we'll see you next week with the first episode of Ensign Henson. Good night. <laughs>